crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now, live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Oh, ah, ah, that stunk. But it was a fun game if you're just a baseball fan. If you're a Brewer fan, you're thinking, man, come on, man. 4-3 the final. A three-run top of the ninth inning with two outs. Down to their last strike, the Cubs get the victory today. I'm Dominic Catronio. Jeff Cirillo is going to join us momentarily. Uh, This one stings. It just flat out stings. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. If you want to join us, you can text us. You can call us. Got a few in there. We're going to give the fans their say here tonight since we haven't had a show the last two days. But, man, it's one of those nights that it seemed like the Brewers are just skating on very thin ice and they were going to make it through the lake and it was going to be okay. And then all of a sudden there's a crack that formed and it got bigger and you're thinking you're at the end and then it just pulled out from underneath them, that ninth inning. I mean, nothing was hit hard until the Talkman double to left field. It wasn't even hit that hard. It was 86 uh, miles an hour off the bat. And Jeff, as I look at this ninth inning and I look at – you know, we have every known metric to man that we can look at and assess quality of contact and odds and luck and things of that nature. I mean, I just keep coming back to that word. Luck, I tip my cap, especially to Talkman's at bat. But, I mean, a, a stoink single from Bellinger, 69 miles an hour off the bat. A squibber up the third base line, perfectly placed by Jared Young. He was so badly fooled he got a hit. Uh, the heck of a play by Terang. We can break down that play a little bit later. Talkman's double, yeah, I mean, he just dumped it in front of Yelly. And then Horner, it was a routine grounder that Anderson threw away. I, I can't get off the word luck for that top of the ninth inning. I got to tell you, uh, Devin Williams, it looked like he was overpowering the night with the fastball and the changeup. It looked like all the hitters that came up to the plate were just in survival mode, basically from the first pitch. I think Bellinger swung hard the first pitch. But other than that, I mean, uh, you know, give credit to the guys in the Cubs. They put the ball in play, right, with two strikes. You can see them battling and just trying to defend that changeup and trying to keep it up and talk them did a good job. It would have been a good pitch, but, you know, Williams likes to finish guys up, up in the zone or out over the plate. He doesn't want to get beat on the in, inner half of the plate. Talkman was definitely set up for a fastball inside. He just kind of blocked that ball. I mean, look, the Brewers did a great job of scouting that play. They moved over with two strikes. Yelch was in position. It was just a low liner down near the line. I mean, you saw how he got there. He was right in the in the vicinity of the camera when the ball dropped. So, I mean, it's just one of those games as a, as a pitcher, you know, you uh, you make your pitches and uh, and you're frustrated. Sometimes you, you don't make your pitches and you get away with them. And tonight, unfortunately, Devin Williams ran out of luck on this one tonight. And to the texters saying, why didn't Yelich go for the ball to save you? I mean, he had no chance on that ball. I mean, if, and also, if that ball gets by him, you're looking at an inside-the-park home run, and then it's all of a sudden a 4-3 game, which obviously ended up being the final. But I, I thought Yelich had no chance at that ball, and the fact that he was even that close to being positioned so well uh, was certainly uh, a surprise. But, I mean, take me into the box here, Jeff. When you're facing an elite closer like Devin Williams, and it's a 2-2 count, you've swung and missed for both of your strikes, and you're fighting off, fighting off, fighting off. As we all say, you know, the more foul balls and the longer that back goes, advantage goes to the hitter. And eight pitches later, I mean, it was one of the longest at-bats of the year against Devin Williams. And I know I just said a lot about luck, but I do want to make sure to recognize that 
Talkman did something that's nearly impossible, and he just turned on one of the left field, and it's one of those things that every little thing added up in that ninth inning, and it resulted uh, in the tie game, and then the Brewers' defense let them down to give up the lead. I think the one-two pitch was, was a great pitch that, that he just, just, I think it was two-two or one-two. It was a change-up, super heavy. I mean, it was an unbelievable pitch. That I don't know how he got a piece of even Rock made note of that to get it. So, I mean, what you do is you just try and spoil and, and, and give yourself survival mode where he was able to at least get a pitch in the strike zone, out and away, he just blocked the ball the other way. Yelich does play a little deep for left field, and, and maybe, maybe if they had him a little bit shallower, but, you know, I mean, that's where his comfort zone is, and, you know, there's no chance of him diving to that ball. Anderson, to me, I mean, it, from a fundamental standpoint, he looked like he, he did everything correct on that play. He got his feet together. Arm was going towards. All his body was going towards the throw. It looked like it was going to be a great throw, and um, it was one of those ones just got away from him. And, and Miller, you know, trying to hold the base and maybe coming off the base, maybe blocking the ball to in front, but he was trying to make the out. And to the couple of texts asking why why was Owen Miller playing first base and not Rowdy Telez? Rowdy's on the IL today, guys. Rowdy was placed on the IL due to right uh, L- forearm inflammation. So Rowdy's out. I mean, Owen Miller is going to be the first baseman here until the end of the first half, and then they'll reassess Rowdy coming out of the break. So uh, it's unfortunate. I-, I argue that I won't say it's a slam dunk guarantee that a more bona fide first baseman, a more experienced first baseman, makes that pick and is able to bail out Brian Anderson on the throw. For one, make a better throw, and you broke down the mechanics there. And and for two, I, I, I look at the situation there, it still would have been a tie game, and the Brewers still would have had to have taken the lead in the ninth or go to the tenth. It didn't change the situation prior to that with the two stoinks and the single and a tweeter asking me, I'm sick of hearing that's just the way baseball go. That is just the way baseball go. Devin Williams threw 25 pitches, 18 of them were strikes. He didn't have a single three-ball count. He got eight swings and misses. He pitched great tonight. And yet, sometimes you can execute and just being an inch off, that's the beauty of this game. You put the ball in play, you got to get all 27 outs, and all of a sudden, it's a Cubs win tonight. Yeah, sometimes it rains, right? And that's from that old movie. Uh, it's one of those ones, like I said, I mean, here's the thing with the Anderson, though, is that he throws the ball, I mean, his got elite arm strength, and, and he let that one go. So even if even if Miller comes off the base and kind of tries to circle it, I don't think he has enough time, A, to get around it and block it and keep it in front of him. Uh, I think his only only chance was to kind of hold the base and just try to make a scoop. But, I mean, when you're throwing the ball at 95 across the diamond, it's hard to square that ball up and come off the base. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Josh in Milwaukee, no lead is safe in this series, but it sucks that this is the way the Brewers lost. I didn't feel like we played terribly tonight, so how can we earn a split tomorrow? We'll get to that a little bit later in the program, Josh. It'll be a tough split, too, with Marcus Stroman, an all-star, getting the ball tomorrow. We're going to talk about the Bryce Terang play and a little bit of Adrian Hauser coming up in the next segment as well. The, the Brewers... Again, at the end of the day, too, they only scored three runs. So they weren't perfect on offense either, and it was fun to have some offense against the lefty. But they weren't perfect. Willie hit a home run. They got some timely hitting from Brian Anderson, too. But we'll get into all that a little bit later on in the program. We're just getting started here with Jeff Sorello. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities. That's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. 
We'll talk more about this loss, 4-3. to three. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. More with Jeff after this. Brewers fall by a final of 4-3. to three. They'll go for a split tomorrow. Marcus Stroman and Freddie Peralta. We'll get to that a little bit later in the program. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Before we get to the offense and Adrian Hauser, I want to just get to one last play in that ninth inning with you, Jeff Cirillo. The play with runners on first and second. Jan Gomes, the batter, and one out. Adamas was playing to the pole side for the righty, and Terang in for def- defense, playing toward the middle as the second baseman. That ball was grounded and chopped to the left of second base, and the only guy that could get to that ball was Bryce Terang. And he makes a great backhanded play. Willie is running in front of him, ready to cover second, not quite there as Bryce is going into his jump throw to make an epic play to first base. I'm seeing people in disagreement on social media saying, Oh, you should have just turned it up a play. You should have just turned a play and the game's over. Know your runner. It's a catcher running. I'm not so sure it's that automatic, given how odd the angle was. I understand why people think, oh, it's an automatic double play. You got the catcher running. But I know you spent most of your career at third base, Jeff. But the degree of difficulty for that play, in my opinion, instincts just took over for Bryce. He wasn't sure he could get an out at second. He knew he could get it out at first. I think the way that, that, that he, going through his, his line that you'd have to ask him, obviously, but the way he attacked that ball, it looked like he was going to first the whole way. Just the way he was trying to create so much momentum going that way to where he could put, put enough momentum on his right foot to jump throw to first base. But you're right. I mean, if you roll that one back, if he kind of breaks it down a little bit, he might be able to at least flip the ball to second base and get the, get the, the force out at second base. But, you know, it's one of those ones that the, the play dictated and the way he was going after that, it looked like he was going to go to first base the whole time. And this is a play that you really only get noticed because it's second and third and because of the double that followed up and made it a tied game that I think people feel like, oh, the game would have been over. It's locked down. I don't subscribe to that theory personally because then, like, let's say you get the force out at second. I don't think it was a guaranteed double play. Let's say you get the force out at second. You still got the go-ahead run at the plate. And Mike Talkman, who's been one of the Cubs' hottest hitters in the last few weeks despite their, you know, last couple weeks of losses, he's been one of their guys, the exact guy they wanted at the plate, and he earned a great battle. And I I am not going to pity an awesome play turned by Bryce Terang for folks on Twitter saying he should have turned two. It was not a cut-and-dry double play, which is why I'm fine with the play he made. No, I agree with you. I mean, uh, in hindsight, you know, I mean, getting keeping keeping the, uh, the tying run at first base might have been the play. Got to know the runner who was on first base. Got to know the speed of the runner. Uh, obviously, he had Gomes running, so he knew that he had an out there at first base to take. You know, and obviously, you know, he's he's going on the other side of the bag. You know, he's got to go make the play first, right, or that ball goes in the center field. So he's just looking to procure an out to get to the second out. Looking at the offense today, though, and this is my takeaway from this, the Brewers had multiple opportunities tonight. They got multi-hit efforts from Brian Anderson, Andrew Monasterio, Christian Yelich. Uh, they were two for six with owners in scoring position, which isn't terrible. Uh, but the big opportunity wasted in the eighth inning with first and second and only one out. And Anderson grounding into a double play. I thought that was a massive moment in this game, leaving seven runners on base today. That was massive as well. 
And the only extra base hit of the day was Willie's home run in the sixth inning. And, and we know the magic number being four runs, the four-run magic number. And the Brewers were one short of that again today, too. What was your takeaway from the offense? Well, look, I I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, watching the Brewers for the last week or to ten days, you know, it looks like that they have a threat, right? It looks like they have a, a pulse out in the lineup. It looks like they, they've somewhat remedied the, the, the battle versus left-handed pitching a little bit. I feel like they're getting more competitive at that, you know, and they're doing a great job. Arnold is doing a great job. He picks up Jones from the Dodgers, Triple A, just another guy that got an opt out of his contract, and, and they grabbed him. And, you know, he's had a couple big hits for them, right? And he's full base, got a run. So, I mean, uh, it looks to me, I mean, it's been a great series. All three games have been, been great. It's been very fun to watch. Uh, the Cubs will always bring it. So, but it, to me, it looks like the Brewers are a much more competitive team than when we were talking about them about 10 to 12 days ago. Cubs put the ball in play. Crew had too many pop-outs or strikeouts. That was from a texture in the 3-1-2. Hoping for a 5-2 homestand, so unless a win tomorrow and a sweep of the Reds, it will be disappointing. Got to play better at home. I don't disagree with that take. They've had some weird games here at home. And speaking of weird games, Adrian Hauser had a weird one. It was the most stressful one-run, five-inning performance I can remember seeing lately. Five innings, six hits, one run, three walks, four strikeouts, two clutch double plays against Dansby Swanson, only the second time in his career that he's bounced into two double plays in a game. Uh, This was a game from Hauser that he didn't allow an extra base hit, uh, a couple too many walks, also a hit batter, but... The sinker ball, I mean, when it's on, I mean, he's getting a million ground balls, and he's getting the clutch double plays that he got tonight. He's one of those guys, right, that, that you know, he can always navigate the lineup. So, yes, he's going to have a few walks. He's going to navigate that lineup, looking for the righty, looking for the double play, looking for the ball to put on the, on, on the ground. And that's what they did, right? His sinker was good, and like you said, the Cubs made him work. But, but when you have a great sinker like he does, you know, he's always one pitch away, and that fifth inning was definitely telling he was really grinding today. He didn't have all the commit. I mean, he was deep in counts. I think I had it was seven or eight counts that went at least six pitches. So I mean, that's that's seven guys alone. That's responsible of more than half your pitches. Just seven batters. So 104 pitches a season high for him. Only got through five, but he exited with the game at the time one to one. So he, he kept the Brewers in it. And then they exploded in the sixth inning after he had exited with a solo homer from Willie and then an RBI single from Brian Anderson. But then the Brewers' offense went quiet. They went to get another hit beyond the sixth inning. They did draw three walks against Michael Rucker. Yelly lined out to end the game. That was really the hardest hit ball after the uh, bullpen got into the contest. And and look, it, this is a, a team that we're going to ask for a lot of offense. And now with Rowdy Telez on the I.L., it, I'm wondering where is the offense going to come from? It was good to see Willie take the home run lead, but at the same time, you're not going to win many games only hitting one extra base hit being a solo homer. And I continue, I know that ninth inning was frustrating. I continue to go back to kind of a lackluster offensive performance tonight as one of the main culprits of tonight's defeat. I don't know. It looked like they were giving competitive bats, but they're dealing with a good customer, and Steele's been really good against the Brewers throughout his career. I think that was the first home run he's given up against them. And I think it's only his fifth or, fifth or so that he's given up all season long. So, I mean, uh, I, I think the Brewers had competitive at-bats. I, I didn't feel like they were throwing too many away. You know, he's a tough guy to, to get to, to get doubles against, to get extra base hits against. So I thought they did a pretty good job of stringing them together and just didn't get as many runs as maybe they'd like. So, I mean, it was one of those games, uh, Dom, that, that 
uh, it was it was a tough loss, but it was a loss that, that it should have been a win. It's one of those games. It's one of those swing games that didn't go their way. Today. And also, we do have to give kudos to the rest of the bullpen. I mean, Hobie Milner, J.C. Mejia, Yoel Piams, they had combined for four, uh, or excuse me, four, two, three perfect innings, also had a strikeout in there, and Devin was set up to make it uh, a four-inning scoreless effort from the bullpen, and then we all know how the ninth inning ended by now. But, I mean, Milner got back on the saddle. That was huge for him. J.C. Mejia, welcome back to the big leagues for him. And Piams continues to be one of the most impressive eighth-inning guys in baseball with his 15th hold of the year. This bullpen continues to be a weapon, and they're just trying to get to the all-star break, making sure these guys are still good to go and give them a well-earned four-day break. You know, I, I, it's funny that you say that. It's like, you know, where's the offense going to come? Where's the offense going But there's still four games over 500. It seems like they're getting stronger. It seems like they're playing a little bit of holes. Obviously, Telez getting hurt doesn't help them, especially against right-handed pitching from the power position from the first base spot. But it seems like the Brewers have turned the corner. They feel like they're playing much better baseball. It does feel like that. I agree. And the last two days are certainly indicative of that. With the two comebacks, yes, yesterday's came up short, and today was frustrating in the ninth, but... You can see signs. They're not a perfect team by any means. You can see signs, and they're two games back now of the Reds. There's uh, enough encouragement there that I think that the Brewers should find ways to improve this team, as in be buyers. I would not sell. I would. I think there's enough here that with Woodruff coming back, with Aaron Ashby maybe coming back, and then we'll see what's happening at first base, but there, there's enough excitement, in my opinion, that you should be adding to this team in the next three and a half weeks or so. I want to talk about the difference-making moment up next, and we're going to preview a tough chance at a split with Marcus Stroman tomorrow, 855-616-1620. Stay with us. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A couple of texts here. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jeff Cirillo. Mike in Colorado. This team just can't stay in the saddle. Thud. It's just like, it's it's the roller coaster, man. You got to stay on the ride, put your hands up when you're enjoying it, and hang on for dear life when it's not so fun like it was here tonight. Brewers fall 4-3 to three in heartbreaking fashion in the top of the ninth inning. With Jeff Cirillo, I'm Dom Catronio, 855-616-1620. Before we get to the difference-making moment, I, I, I touched on it earlier, the news that Rowdy Teles is on the injured list. By all... Uh, accounts so far from what we've heard on the media side of things, what he told us today in the clubhouse was he expects this to be a minimum 10-day stay. And with the All-Star break, that means he should be back coming up out of the break, and he should be okay. Now, in the event Owen Miller goes down, he's your first baseman for the next four days after today, the Brewers don't have any depth there. I mean, they were working out Jesse Winker and Jemai Jones at first base today, just trying to get them at least a little bit familiar with it, but I know Owen Miller had a rough day at first on the missed pickoff and then the last play trying to scoop the throw from Anderson, but he's going to be the first baseman here at the end of the first half, and it's not going to be uh, easier on him. You would just hope that uh, he just needs a good game to put under his belt uh, to move into the break with. Yeah, I don't really uh, put this on, on Owen Miller really other than the pickoff. Uh, you know, it's one of those ones. I mean, the Brewers have been able to patch it together all year, and I'm sure Brian Anderson. He's got a little bit of experience at first base. I think Winker's, I mean, he looks like he'd be a first baseman. So I think the first base, as long as that's one position now, if Adama's going down, that'd be a different story, you know, as far as shortstops go. But, um, you know, I think that Telez gets the bat fully missed, especially the left-headed presence of power. But at the same time, you know, I mean, maybe getting Telez seven or seven to ten days off just to get a mental blow will help him, help rejuvenate him as well. 
Yeah, he feels that this breather, this reset, will give him a chance to actually address the problem in his right arm that he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks. And he didn't want to attribute his struggles to the arm just like any player would. Say, oh, I'm not hurt. I'm, I'm not playing bad because I'm hurt. I'm playing bad because I'm playing bad. But I, I think Rowdy, you're right, Jeff. Sometimes that double reset can get you going in the right direction. The dude hasn't hit a homer in a more than a month, and you don't need to remind him. He knows that, and the first base defense and the scoops would have come in handy tonight, but that's neither here nor there. They lost the game tonight. He's not available for 10 more days, and we'll see how he comes back on the other side of things. Let's get to our difference-making moment. It's brought to you by Annex Wealth Management, investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. Annex provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need at AnnexWealth.com. Jeff, I mean, the ninth inning seems like there's plenty in there, but what was your difference-making moment? No, I'm, I'm going to let you go first on this one. I'm going to give you a little bit more of a breakdown. Okay, sounds good. I'm going to go with one I teased a little bit ago. The fact that the Brewers didn't add on to the bottom of the eighth inning, and you look at it back-to-back innings, the seventh and eighth, against a pitcher that was not having its command, ending the inning with double plays, I thought that was huge. The Brewers were up 3-1, to one, but they had a chance to really get greedy and maybe even have an opportunity to not need Devin Williams tonight. And I don't want to say any opportunity with a man on first is an opportunity, but to not get another hit after the sixth inning... I thought that was huge, and the two double plays in the seventh and eighth, I thought were the difference-making moments. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. I'm going to go with two of them. So, Telez going out is, is one of them, based on the fact having a lefty at first base and just knowing playing a third base, the left-handed, the left-handed first base is such a luxury to have. Like, they can go inside the runner, and then they can extend out on those plays, especially that ball in the dirt right there. That's one of those ones that's through his farm. You can almost, almost scoop it like a catcher and block it. But my difference-making play is actually Talkman running hard from second to third on that ground ball, running through the play, not stopping in front of Brian Anderson to not get tagged or something. He ran through the play. He picked up his third base coach, and because he kept his full stride, he was able to get brought home by the third base coach. Yeah, you're right. Hustle and putting the ball in play, good things tend to happen when you do that. But looking ahead to tomorrow here, as the Brewers go for a split, it's not going to be an easy task. You've got Marcus Stroman on the mound. He's an all-star. He's been the most consistent starting pitcher in maybe the entire National League and definitely for the Cubs this year. He's a 2.76 ERA. He's got a complete game shutout. He's thrown 107 innings already this year. He's not a strikeout guy. He's the king of the ground ball this year. He's been really getting a lot of weak contact. That's what he thrives in. He's been thriving in the pitch clock era. A 60% ground ball rate against him this this season. Sinkers, 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 and splitters. What's going to be the key to get to Marcus Stroman tomorrow? It's one of those ones you got to get the ball up on him, right? you got to set your sights up in the zone, and you got to take those borderline pitches down in the zone. So, I mean, you got to make him work. you got to get him up in the zone because if you just keep looking down and keep hitting the ball, you're just going to keep ball, hitting the ball on the ground. Freddie Peralta will counter him. Freddie is looking for some good news. Uh, he's 5-7. and seven. He's got uh, an ERA that's north of 4-6. Uh, he's been okay. He hasn't had really a clean game in the month where he has that one big inning, right? That one big inning will bring him back. In his last game against the Pirates, he had a 39-pitch fourth inning. And then in Cleveland, he had a 37-pitch fourth inning. Uh, against Pittsburgh here in Milwaukee, he had both a 29 and 28 pitch innings. I mean, it seems pretty simple, man. Just 
stop getting the big inning and stop gassing yourself in the middle portion of the game and holding yourself from maybe going beyond the sixth inning. That's it, right? I mean, because he, he's the guy we've talked about him many, many times. He'll wow you, right? He'll just be this dominant guy for the first three innings, and all of a sudden, this guy takes him out, and there might be a little bit of traffic, just slights of some things going on, a little adversity happens. And just for him to have the ability to, to mature, to, to get to the level, just like to somehow slow down the mechanism. And we talked about that pitch clock, right, where he doesn't have the ability to slow down the heart rate. So just look for Frey to be on his game, and when he gets into traffic, hopefully he has the ability to slow the game down. And the other thing that worries me is that the Cubs are an extremely patient team and see if Freddy's going to be able to, to fill up the zone against them. Jeff Sorello, we don't have a post-game show tomorrow, but appreciate your insight as always, my friend, and I hope you had a great 4th of July festivities, and uh, we'll be watching from afar tomorrow. Thanks, Tom. Always good talking to you. All right, Jeff Cirillo here on the program. I'll get to a few more of these texts as well. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. We're going to hear from Craig Council shortly as well. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers going to have to dig deep tomorrow against the Cubs to go for a split. And then they've got the white-hot Reds coming to town. And that is the subject of our Who's Hot right now. Brewers fall today 4-3. to three. Who's Hot is brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Trust in your family's comfort at home this summer with Cider, and don't wait until it's too late for your AC preventative maintenance. Schedule your appointment today at Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Families helping families since 1912. Looking at the Reds again. They win. They beat the Nationals, the lowly Nationals. 9-2 to the final today. Eli De La Cruz hit another home run. Joey Votto hit a home run today, too. 9-2. Uh, to So now the, uh, the Reds have won 19 of their last 23 games. Pretty darn good. What the, the, the one little detail that gives me a little bit of hope, and, and I know the Brewers didn't see them with Eli De La Cruz. He was called up right after the Brewers saw them there two weeks ago. The Brewers are three of those four losses in that stretch. Right? Remember that four game series in Cincinnati? Of the 19 and 23, so they're 19 and four over their last 23 games. Three of those four losses are against the Brewers. And as they come to town this weekend, it's going to try to be if the Brewers can get the split tomorrow, right? And the Dodgers just took the lead on the Pirates, so the Dodgers are going to try to hang on in that one out in Chavez Ravine. But as I've said a few shows ago, the Brewers are going to try to make this a two-horse race as soon as possible. Bury everybody else as soon as you can and make this between the Brewers and the Reds. The Car- I, I'm, I may regret this one day. I think the Cardinals are out. After the way they lost tonight, the, I, I don't see it happening for the Cardinals. I really don't. And I know you're having some PTSD. You're having some flashbacks in your car right now or you're listening. Over the- Tom, what are you talking? You can't count out the Cardinals. You know what? Maybe you're right. But what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, I don't know what they're going to do. And I don't see it happening. That's why these next four games to send a message to the rest of the Central, go get a split tomorrow after a heartbreaking back-to-back losses against these Cubs. Then go get a series victory against a very talented and a very exciting young Cincinnati Reds team and go into the break with some good mojo. And the other good news is the fact that the Brewers, they'll have Corbin Burns on the mound, and they're going to be maybe facing three of the the lesser 
arms, or two of the three lesser arms for the Reds. They will be seeing Andrew Abbott again, who pitched very well against the Brewers, remember, in his big league debut. He got the win in that finale against the Brewers in the series in Cincinnati. But it'll be Corbin against Abbott on Friday, Colin Ray against Luke Weaver on Saturday, and Julio Tehran is scheduled as of now for Sunday against Ben Lively. So these next four games are are, are really going to try to figure out if the Brewers can continue to prove that, in what, in my opinion, should be a team that's buying at the deadline. In my opinion, this is a team that you, you get in, you get hot, you make improvements to this club, and you can see where you stand coming up after the offseason, which I'm sure there will be movement in the offseason. We'll assess that dust down the road. But I think that there are moves out there that this team can make to improve marginally heading into the postseason if they can make it there in 2023. You win the division and you're in. It's not going to be a wild card race, which is honestly a good thing for the Brewers. They don't have to worry about chasing down the Phillies. They don't have to worry about competing with the Marlins. They don't have to worry about competing with the Giants. They can just win their division. And I know it's a balanced schedule, and I know you've got a lot less against the Reds. And I know you've got a lot less uh, against teams like the Pirates and, and the Cubs and all that stuff, but at the end of the day, you win your division, you're in, and that's the beauty of baseball. There's always a way in. We're going to hear from the manager, Craig Council. Coming up next, this is Brewers Extra Innings. A couple of texts here before we get to Craig. I'm Dom Catronio, Owen Miller. Three bad games in a row. Eh, I know. I mean, he had the base hit yesterday. It would have looked a lot better uh, if the run scored or and he got the walk-off yesterday. You feel a little bit better about it than obviously the runner was thrown out at the plate. Hey, Jason Lane had a good send today, and I I understand that there's a lot of uh, angst yesterday. I think is the word. I mean, all over the place in this ballpark. I, I I obviously wasn't here the last two days, and popping up and you know talking about roofs and talking about sends and talking about baselines and strike zones. I'm just like, whew, wow, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, tough tough night for Owen, and this is kind of I'm sure he's just as frustrated as the fans are, given it's happening again to him, right? He got off to a hot start with Cleveland last year, fell apart in the summer months, and it was too little too late at the end. And now the Brewers are really relying on him to be you know, a middle-of-the-order bat, given what he did in the first couple of months of the season, carrying the team when their offense was down. And now the offense is swinging back around the right way, but he has certainly cooled off since his early start and uh, see what he can do moving forward as well. And I love this text from the 206. Didn't leave their name, but aside from the division loss, let's be clear. The profound pain of Brew Crew fans are feeling is not caused by the players on the field, but by the visiting fans in the stands. The Cubs fans who feel American Family Field for years tend to act insufferably, and I'm being very charitable in that description. Give us an L against any other fan base, and we'll take it like practical people. This loss is deeply falling for the invasive last group to cheer. That makes it personal. I love that text. That's that's a well-placed jab. It's fair. It's real. It was loud in here. Not going to lie. I'm not going to ignore that. But It's nothing new, but I appreciate that texture. Thanks for uh, bringing that in there from the 206. That was fun. And I know it always stings a little more with all the Cubs fans here, and it's always harder for Brewers fans to get down to Wrigley, and we don't need to hatch that right now. But, yeah, I get it. I, I totally get it. That's what really makes today's sting as it did. Well, how does it sting for the manager? Here's Craig Cancel after today's loss. I mean, they, they you know, found – Found grass with two two hits uh, that were not well hit, um, and then uh, you know Talkman had a good at bat. I mean, you give him credit for having a nice at bat and fouling off some pitches and put a ball in play, and then we made a defensive mistake, and that was it. 
Did it seem like Anderson rushed that throw a little bit with, with Horner running or just just made a bad throw? No, I think he just, just pulled it a little bit. Hazard and I just the ability to work around traffic with those double plays is what you think is out Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the double plays – that's part of Adrian's game for sure. Um, and I think, you know, every Adrian good start involves some double plays. Um, you know, generally ball on the play, ball on the ground. Um, and we got two big ones tonight in some big spots. And, and he did a nice job. Um, you know, they he had to work a little, he had to work pretty hard those first three innings. Um, he had to work hard in that fifth inning. But he made some big pitches and he stayed in the fight and, and um, gave us a good start. To, to go back to that Anderson play on the throw, um, was it a tough hop for Miller? Couldn't really get a good angle up there. Was a yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen the play. I mean, I think it's um, I I can't give you like a for sure because I didn't I didn't get a great angle on it. I mean, it looked like he had it's short hop that he had a chance to he had his glove on. It looked like he had his foot on the base and just didn't come up with it. Offensively. Uh, Steele's been so good this year. Did you like the approach? I, I thought we did a nice job against them. Absolutely. Um, you know, we 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 were aggressive. Um, you know, we he, he's he's a good pitcher. He, he's really good. Um, we came on the first and we're aggressive against them. Um, and we just missed a couple balls. Um, and we got a couple balls. And I thought we had some the base hits that to score runs and to get the runners in position were were nice nice pieces of hitting so pleased i mean i thought we did a nice job it seemed like as a lineup they were more aggressive against wade yesterday did you feel like they were maybe like more patient or different tonight yeah i mean I, you know that that it's it's you know different pitchers different different guys in the lineup um so different different types um you know, I thought you know Adrian just he threw he threw some balls and he had, he had more swing and miss than he usually has, which is good. Um, thought he was really good. His fastball is really good, um, so just a little different. Willie's been swinging it better since I think Friday in Pittsburgh after that hope for twenty some stretch. What are you seeing from him right now? Yeah, I mean he's he is, um, and it, it's you know welcome for sure. Um, doing a nice job, um, just just keep him going and have him finish strong through the, through the uh, until the end of the first half here. He needs to keep it going. It's fun to watch for Willie, and I'm hoping that this new routine he's got going is going to work out for him. There were some highlights to play. We're going to get to those coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up. This. Get and this time for tonight's highlights here's Dominic Catronio Adrian Hauser and Justin Steele the matchup for game three of four Cubs and Brewers on Wednesday night it's Wednesday right (laughs) after the 4th of July holiday everything's out of whack after a wacky first couple of games in this series the Brewers actually were trailing 1-0 yet again in this one but they were able to respond in the bottom of the third inning with William Contreras. Line drive, base hit right field. They're going to send Monasterio. The throw from Suzuki up the line. We're tied 1-1. Jason Lane, the third base coach, staying aggressive with two outs. Monasterio able to score. It's a 1-1 contest. Jason Lane needed some good news, and they tie it up 1-1 through three. Then Adrian Hauser. He was dealing with traffic all night as he allowed three walks. He also hit a batter. He struck out 4-2 in the fifth inning. He was well over 100 pitches. He had the bases loaded and one out 
facing the dangerous Dansby Swanson. Bouncer hit to third, to second for one. Relay, yes! For the double play! Five to four to three! Anderson Monasterio and Owen Miller to finish the Cubs in the fifth! That was huge because it would be the last pitch at Adrian Hauser would throw. He had a no decision tonight. So one to one still. Trying to figure out the lefty, Justin Steele. It took the third time through with Willie Adamas leading off the sixth. And the pitch to Willie. Hit to left center. Deep. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Willie Adamas. And the Brewers have the lead. All of a sudden, his 13th homer of the year. They added another run later in that sixth inning on an RBI single from Brian Anderson. Then the bullpen took over, and they were fantastic for the Brew crew. Hobie Milner got five outs in order. J.C. Mejia finished the seventh. Yoel Piamps had a one, two, three, eighth. Then there in the ninth, things got a little bit wacky against Devin Williams. A leadoff stoink single from Cody Bellinger. A strikeout swinging from Christopher Morrell. Then Jared Young hit a squibber up the third base line. That put runners on first and second with one out, and maybe one of the best plays of the year from Bryce Terang. Swinging a bouncer back up the middle and the throw to first in time by Bryce Terang. So the change made at second base by Terang for Monasterio on what turned out to be a heck of a tough play. Yeah, going hard to his right. Some folks think he should have turned two. I think instincts took over and he got an out. However, little do we know, turns out, that would be the last out that uh, the Brewers would get the conventional way. With two outs and down to their last strike, Mike Talkman would line a double in the left field in front of Christian Yelich. Two runs would score, and then another run, the go-ahead run, would score on a throwing error by Brian Anderson that got away from Owen Miller at first base. It was a 4-3 Cubs lead, and then they went down 1-2-3, the Brewers did, in the bottom of the ninth. And that's how this one went against the Cubs. 4-3 the final. Both teams had nine hits. The Brewers' best they can do is a split tomorrow. We'll wrap up the program. Quick look around the league. Give you a quick update on the farm. Some good news down there and some injuries as well. This is Brewers Extra Innings. All right, wrapping up the program here. Last couple of minutes. Thanks to everybody who texted in and tweeted in. No post game tomorrow, but I've got Brewers Weekly tomorrow night at 8 o'clock here on WTMJ. You can catch it live or you can hear it on Brewers All Access, our podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Then we'll have post-game shows all weekend long when the Cincinnati Reds come to town. It should be a fun weekend of baseball to close out the first half. Looking at the scores, once again, the Reds won today, so they're two games up on the Brewers right now. The Cardinals lost in ridiculous fashion. If you haven't seen it yet, Jack Flaherty uh, threw the ball away. Or, excuse me, not Jack Flaherty, Jordan Hicks. Threw the ball away on a little tapper back to the mound up the right field line, and two runs came around to score. They were up 9-8. to eight. They lose 10-9. to nine. Wacky loss there. Uh, the Dodgers are leading 6-4, to four, but they are trying to walk the tightrope against the Pirates. Pittsburgh has loaded the bases in the top of the seventh uh, right now with two outs. See how that one's going to end. And the Brewers aren't the only team that's lost a lead down to the last strike of the game. Andrew Chafin blew it against the uh, Mets today. Diamondbacks were up one nothing. Chafin allowed a solo homer to Francisco Alvarez uh, for the game-tying shot. And then later in the frame, Mark Canna hit an RBI triple to give the Mets a lead. They currently lead by a 2-1 to score. 
looking at the injury report right now for the Brew Crew, we did get news earlier today about uh, Brandon Woodruff that he has been throwing long toss. They are slating a bullpen for him at some point this weekend. Craig Council didn't have the specific date ready, but he knows he's throwing a bullpen this weekend. He has been throwing every day. They've just kind of slowed down the spacing between bullpens, and he's still throwing. It's not like he's been completely shut down from throwing. He's just trying to space out the bullpens with a little more time between. I don't know what the bullpen picture looks like from here in, but all systems seem to be go. I talked to him briefly earlier today. He's feeling better day by day and getting ready and getting the itch to get back out there. So that's certainly some good news on the Brandon Woodruff front. How about Tyrone Taylor down in a wacky game in Nashville tonight? They came back from multiple deficits in this one against the Columbus Clippers, the Cleveland affiliate, a 15-14 final. I mean, this was like a Sunday league, uh, a Sunday in college baseball game, a wild game. Tyrone Taylor went three for five on rehab with a homer and a double in this one. Abraham Toro hit another homer. And guess who else hit a homer? Keston Hira. And he was playing first base. Keston went three for four with two runs. Uh, also hit the home run and three runs batted in. And because this game was wacky and there was a whole much, whole much of stuff going on, I don't want to make anything out of the fact that Keston Hero was lifted in this game for a pinch runner after he hit a single. So it wasn't like he was a substitution, pull him out of the game, we got to get him to Milwaukee. It wasn't one of those. It was the situation substitution of why he came out of the game. So don't let anyone freak you out on that. Keston was subbed out of the game. He had a great game, three for four. I wonder, and he played first base tonight. He's been playing a lot of outfield for them, but it's one of those things that He's going to be up at some point this year. He has to be because he's now hitting 321 in AAA. He's done what the Brewers have asked him to do. Uh, the defense is the defense. You know what you're going to get out of, out of first base for him. And he, how about this note? He struck out 45 times in 200 plate appearances uh, in the minor leagues this year. So I should say 44 strikeouts and 189 plate appearances in AAA, that's a 23% strikeout rate. That would be roughly league average if he was in the bigs right now, and your strikeout rate is going to increase when you go to the show. I'm just saying, he's got 14 homers, 6 doubles. Uh, he's got a 397 on base and over 1,000 OPS. is what we see every year out of him down in Nashville. I wonder how long the Brewers are going to wait to call him up and see if he's going to try to help the team. Remember, he's not on the 40-man roster if he's going to be called up because there would need to be a corresponding move there as well. The big roster move today was all the bullpen help with J.C. Mejia and Tyson Miller being back here. They also DFA'd Mike Brasso. He uh, has a couple days to clear waivers. Otherwise, he can choose his release or he will stay in the organization and be off the 40-man. So I, I want to wish nothing but the best to Mike Brasso. He's been a guest on our show before. Uh, he's nothing but great to talk to in a ball of positive energy. I wonder what the future will hold for him. Just wanted to give that quick update here to end the program. The Brewers fall today 4-3, to three, but there's another one tomorrow. First pitch is at 110. Coverage will begin at 1235 right here on the Home of the Brewers with the On Deck Show on WTMJ. My thanks to Justin Pottinger, our producer, and my thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us as well. My thanks to you for listening. I'm Dom Catronio. Back at it tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter at Dom underscore Catronio as long as the site still exists. I'm not going on threads yet. I'm going to go down with the ship. We don't need more social media. We need less social media. Coming out to the ball game, play some hooky again, and I hope you enjoy what should be a nice day here in Milwaukee. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep on swinging.